Hey, this is Fred Carey. I'm here with the real Jason Duncan, and I'm at the show, The Root of All Success. Uh, I encourage you to listen, to sign up, to join, to comment. Uh, it's a great experience here, and I'm looking forward to you guys signing up with me as well. Welcome to The Root of All Success with the real Jason Duncan. A podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of The Root of All Success, The Real Jason Duncan. The Real Jason Duncan. Well, hey there. Welcome back to another episode of the show. I am your host, The Real Jason Duncan. You can call me JD. And I've got Fred Carey on the show today. It's going to be a great conversation. I've been following him on Instagram for, for a while. He's got a lot of followers, over half a million people that are following him on Instagram. And he's producing some really good content about the pitfalls of entrepreneurship and startup world and also the successes that can be accomplished. I, I even saw him do a video just recently he posted about the success he had with his realtor in La Jolla when he just sold his house. And I thought, hey, you know, this guy is not only just about himself, he's about promoting other people. He is the CEO of a company called Idea Pros that guides qualified entrepreneurs through the complexities and the pitfalls of the startup world. Um, we were talking pre-show and he's like, yeah, man, I've created billions of dollars in value, started a lot of companies, done all this great stuff, but dude, I've screwed up a lot too. <laughs> I failed. And, and maybe that's the most interesting part of this is that we can fail and push forward. He also produces a weekly show for entrepreneurs that has been viewed by over 100 million people. That's a lot of people, folks. I mean, that's like a, a third of the United States population. People are watching his show. He's a top 1% business professional. He's a who's who in America. He was a top ranked attorney for several years. And his personal brand, Fred Carey, can be described as F average. <laughs> be, be legendary. So please help me welcome Fred Carey to the show. Hey, Fred. Hey, man. Awesome to be here. You know, I think we should maybe even consider stopping now. But between what I've heard of you and what you've heard of me, I think I think it's a great show just as it, has, as it was. We don't have to go any further. Well, there's a lot of cool stuff here. So how how did you get started as an entrepreneur? I mean, you you help entrepreneurs, you're in the startup world, you got this Idea Pros YouTube channel and this company that you're running. But go back to young Fred. What would you, you were an attorney for years? Did you go from you know college to attorney and then eventually become an entrepreneur? Tell me a little bit about the journey. No, my my life is actually a lot more like uh one of the smoothies that everybody gets now in the morning, really mixed up and uh, comes out great, but uh, the different ingredients weren't put in the same order as, as normal. Uh, I didn't become an attorney until I was almost 30, and that was pretty much accidentally. And we don't have we don't have time in one show to go into that, but I really became an entrepreneur at about 20, and I became an entrepreneur not because I wanted to change the world, but because I thought the world wouldn't have me. I was uh, kind of the, the square hole, the round peg deal. Uh, I just 
thought differently. And I, I knew I wasn't going to fit into corporate America. I knew I wasn't even going to fit into uh, uh, university. And um, while I ended up with, with uh, a law degree and uh, an international MBA, I started out with six months of community college before I decided to go down my entrepreneurial path. Why, why attorney? What, I mean, you, you got into it a little bit late, as you said, you know, you didn't become an attorney until you're 30. What was it about law that said, yeah, I'm going to go this direction? Uh, actually nothing. I warned you this was going to be another show, but I'll do, so I'll do the brief version of it. Uh, I had, uh, started, I had started my second venture. I, I, uh, sold out my first company, started another one, and it was in the music industry. A couple of lawyers were negotiating with me for a band's contract. And after three months, they wanted to know who my attorney was because he was a hard ass. And I said, I didn't have an attorney. It was, it was me. And at that point, they said, you know what? If you go to law school, we're going to make you a partner. In fact, we'll make you a partner today if you agree to go to law school. We'll give you a third of everything we make today. You can go. You can drum up business for us. You can do uh, paralegal type work, get your law degree and then become a full fledged partner. So I said, okay. And uh, that's how I became a lawyer. Wasn't thinking about it. And it's kind of bizarre because I was born and raised in Italy and my nonna used to call me il piccolo avocado della causa persa, which means the little attorney of the lost causes uh, when I was three. So uh, it was destined to become one at some point. So, is that legal? They can give you money and give you partnership and you don't have a, you're not, you didn't pass the bar. Is that, that sounds, that's weird, man. That's co good, good for you, but that sounds weird. Well, thank God both of them are dead uh, now, but, uh, <laughs> but, but beyond that, I, I was not an official uh, partner until I, I did pass the bar exam, uh, not only graduate law school, but pass the bar exam. Um, but before then, I pretty much ended up with about a third of, of the net that they made, and they made me their kind of office manager, paralegal in, in chief, and uh, and whatever you know they, they 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 can split up their profits however they want. Huh. So, um, are you still at all practicing? I mean, do you keep your license as an attorney active, or is that just part of the history? I keep my my, my license. I, I can't. I could go inactive and, and pay like a hundred bucks a year instead of six or 700 that I pay, but it just doesn't feel right. So I, I keep it active, but I do not practice law. I haven't, haven't practiced law in, in years, except for my, my drunken friends that want free legal advice on occasion. <laughs> you know, what's interesting about uh, you being a lawyer is that I, when I was in high school, my senior year of high school, we had uh, a mock trial team. And for those who don't know what that is, this is, this is in, in, they do it in high schools a lot, but they also do it in colleges and they, it's about teaching the process of trials and what happens as a defendant or the plaintiff and go, you know, what, what would you do with, um, what do you do with witnesses, et cetera. And it just teaches you the process. And I was the defense attorney. No, I was the, I was a prosecuting attorney in this mock trial and I'd never thought about law, but I really, really enjoyed that experience. And I ended up in the newspaper, not, not just me, but like our team ended up in the newspaper. It was a lot of fun. And I, for a moment, like for a split second, thought, Ooh, I'm going to, I'm going to go become a lawyer. And I, and I didn't, but ever since then, Fred, it's been in the back of my mind, like maybe I should have done that. Maybe. And I've even looked up just recently, probably within the last year, I looked up, what would it be like to go back? And I'm 48 years old. So what would it be like to go back? Could I, I've got a master's degree already. So could I go back and get a law degree? And and it's still so long. There's like years and years of schooling I'd have to do. I'm like, nah, yeah. not interested in that, but yeah. I'd love to do it. 
Yeah, it's hard, but you know what it has done for me? And I I was really successful at it, but I didn't really enjoy it to the deep level. I, I, I love entrepreneurship because we're always creating things as entrepreneurs. But what it really did, shockingly to most people, is help me be better in figuring out business, my competitors, dealing with customers. It really... Being a lawyer, you have to look at all sides of the equation. If you don't, you're going to get slaughtered when you go to court or when you're trying to negotiate with somebody else. If you can't think through their part of that process, then you're not going to do very well. So it really has uh, helped me over the years to, to actually be more reasonable. You'd think it'd be the opposite. You'd bully people around, but it's the opposite. Help me be a lot more reasonable in business. All right. So, so we talked pre-show <clears throat> about the fact that You've you screwed up a lot. There's a lot of dark nights of the soul in the entrepreneur world. Um, could you think back to maybe the biggest failure, the biggest dark night of the soul, the biggest thing you've gone through? And we're looking at this for the audience's sake, not just to, you know, to air dirty laundry, this screwed up, but really to give hope. Like this happens for someone who's created billions of dollars in value and had been very successful, but, but you too have gone through the category five crap storm um, that you, you went through. So can you think about one of those stories you'd like to share today? <clears throat> yeah. And, and by the way, it's never ending. You know, we still go through them over the last year, even with idea pros, I had to stop taking in new clients because it was, we've had a hundred thousand applications and we couldn't handle the pressure and we got backlogged and just inundated and it, it was nearly a disaster. And I really had to step back, throw a bunch of mo more money into the company. That could be the worst story of all. Throw a bunch of more money into the company uh, to keep it afloat while we redid our business model. But it continues to happen all the time. So I think a really big, uh, could have been a bad story. Uh, and, and it certainly felt like a bad story was with my company, Boxlot. And Boxlot came out to try to compete with eBay in the late 1990s. And we couldn't catch up with them. We, we got to the point where um, I was spending every night up trying to figure out how to keep the company afloat. And we had $8 million of investor money and I felt a really deep obligation to them. And I got to the point where I just didn't see an exit for us. And, and I thought that 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 was the end. And I spent about a week trying to figure out how I would shut the company down. We couldn't catch up to eBay. And um, it gave me pause and it made me think. And I, I just, I knew I was in the right space, but I was trying to do the wrong thing. I was trying to compete with eBay, but everybody else was. Yahoo, Amazon, everybody, anybody that had any type of e-commerce was trying to do that model of auctions because it was the hot thing. And so I looked deeper and I found that, hey, what everybody needs here is infrastructure. You know, why don't I build the racetrack, not try to ride a horse, but have the racetrack for everybody. And so we switched over to a technology company. I had nightmares trying to convince my investors that that was the right play. And um, it took us several months. I had to borrow more money. And uh, the the ultimate negative moment 
was uh, when I woke up a year, a, a week before we were going to do our launch of this amazing technology that was really going to set the stage for all things auction, incremental bidding, bidder buy, reverse bidding, um, automatic notifications, all these things that were not in place. Um, a week before we were set to launch, I finally got our investors on my side and my chief engineer came in and said, we're, we're out. It's going to take us six months. We found this fatal bug in the software. I don't know when we can fix it, but probably three to six months if we can even fix it. And so that night was horrific. And I really didn't know what to do. I uh, didn't know what to tell my investors. My chief operating officer, who was 10 years older than me and, and had worked for IBM, came to me and said, you tell the truth. And I said, you out of your mind? How can I tell the truth? Uh, everybody's going to destroy me and eat me alive. And I literally pondered for a few hours about it. And then I decided that's what you got to do in life. You know, you, you just tell the truth, lay it out. So I put in a big email. Hey, this is what I promised you. This is what's happened. This is why I can't deliver. And this is when I'm going to deliver. And I take full responsibility. Send the email out. Within probably two minutes, the phones start ringing. Uh, back then, we had phones on our desks, uh, and, and the phones started ringing. And uh, I'm like, oh, no, here it comes. Pick up the first call. 30 seconds into the call, do you need more money? How can I help you? Next call, how much more money do you need? Tenth call, how much more money can I send you? Everybody was really positive, really turned the momentum around. Within, I think it was four months after that, we sold the company for $125 million. So you sold it for how much? 125. Oh my gosh. That's what I said. Dude. So, so let's go back to that. Let's analyze this, this, this situation. So you're the night before you're going to launch this thing. You're going to go public with it. You figure out you can't do it. And so for that 12 or 13 or 16 hours between knowing that information and the next morning, sending the email, your mind did what every entrepreneur's mind does. You went straight to the worst case scenario. You went straight to the the worst, like this is terrible. This is going to be bad. But in reality, that didn't happen. And and I think there's a lesson in that for all of us as entrepreneurs, don't you think? It's like we we imagine the worst and then it really never happens. The worst never happens. And in your case, quite the opposite. Not only did it not go bad, it went really, really, really good. So why do you think it went so well? in that scenario? Well, it, it went well in that scenario for a couple of reasons. Number one, we were building the racetrack. So uh, if we did it well, it was going to go well. I mean, it enabled everybody to get in that game, even even eBay and the companies that were already in that game. You know, there were, there were advanced technologies that people could take advantage of. Um, and telling the truth, getting people around you on your side to help support the the negative milestone you just went through but you know i think i i would go a step further with everybody and, and i would say sometimes that worst thing will happen uh it can it can happen we're not we're not always going to be able to get out of our struggles what i have learned to do and i think it's probably the most valuable lesson i can tell anybody under any circumstance is accept whatever that worst case scenario is and be okay with it. It's not going to kill you. 
uh, and and just wait, if you ponder through things, my God, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if this company is going to pan out. I don't know if I have to go into bankruptcy. I don't know if my wife's going to leave me or my husband over this. I don't know what's going to happen. Take a deep breath, breath and be okay with it. Once you understand the worst thing that can happen, you say, you know what, if that happens, I'll deal with it and I'll find a way to recover and move on and do something else better. Then you're going to be okay no matter what happens. And it's all upside from there. That advice that you just gave needs to be, you know, this is a side note to my editor. Like we need to pull that piece out and put that out as a clip because this, that piece of advice is probably the gold that we needed from this episode because I know that from firsthand experience and you know that from firsthand experience, but there's a lot of entrepreneurs that haven't had that moment yet. They haven't been to that place where everything is about to crash down around them. Yeah. For, for people that have been listening to my show and know what's, you know, they're subscribed to my newsletter, you know that the last quarter of 2023 was the worst of my entire life. And it was all business related, <clears throat> went through you know, a very, not a similar situation, what you went through, but it was that what if scenario that, that, that just scared the hell out of me. It, it was, yeah. it was, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I couldn't, I, I, I shut down every, everything else in my life just to deal with this. But what got me through is exactly what you just said, Fred. It is, is you just have to be comfortable with the worst case scenario. And the fact of the matter is nobody's going to die. <laughs> like nobody's dying. Puppies aren't getting killed somewhere. Like everything's at the end of the day, even if you go bankrupt, even if relationships get completely destroyed, you're going to survive. And if you can get comfortable with that, then what else? It's all upside from there. That's great, yeah. Fred. That's really, really good. Thanks. I've never so, said that before, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's the only embrace, embrace the crap, you know, you got to embrace it. It, it, it because it's not going to happen. And even if it does happen, it's still not that bad. I remember the first person who ever said anything like that to me was Tim Ferriss in his book, Four Hour Workweek. He talks about like writing out what the worst case scenario is because he was he, of course, in that book, most people have read it. They know that he's writing about creating your side thing to create your passion project, to go do something great, to create that what ultimately a four hour work week. But he said, hey, if you get scared, just write out what's the worst thing that could happen. Okay. So you lose your house, you lose your car, you go bankrupt, you lose credit. You, you have to move back in with your parents, whatever it is, like write it all down and then just look at that and go, yeah, but that's not that bad. I mean, the overall scheme of things, I didn't lose a limb. I didn't go to prison. You know, I didn't have to give up, you know, give up my kids to, you know, to some foreign government. I, everything's going to be okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, so now how did you go from that to idea pros? So you've got all this, this, failure that turned into success, a potential failure that turned into success. Um, now you're doing idea pros. You're helping people go through these pitfalls of entrepreneurship. And like, how did, how tell us that bridge that went from there to where you are today. Let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible. As an entrepreneur, I know that you have to deal with sales on a regular basis. I mean, every entrepreneur does. And if you aren't paying attention to sales as an entrepreneur, you're not going to be an entrepreneur for very long. But I've got a sponsor of this show called Dub that helps you bring the personal back to sales. If you want to figure out how to improve content creation, improve client trust, uh, improve your sales 
process, decrease the sales cycle, because we all know time kills deals. If you want to increase client bookings and increase conversions, you need to take a look at Dove. There's a special offer for Dove for listeners to the Root of All Success at therealjasonduncan.com slash Dove, and that's D-U-B-B. What Dove does, I've been using this for years. I'm a huge fan, and I'm so honored that they're our uh, primary sponsor of the podcast. But they have helped over 60,000 businesses around the world communicate better, to make sales easier, to make sales more personal. And it's built, Dub is built for growing teams. I mean, you can set up video emails, you can set up custom onboarding, you can do admin reporting, uh, anything you need around video and sales and automation, Dub is there. You can try Dub now. Your conversions to sales are waiting. All you got to do is go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. And there you're going to get two weeks for free to try Dub. Plus, you're going to get 50% off your first two months of Dub. You can't, you can't beat that. So go check it out. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now, back to the show. Yeah, uh, after BoxLot, <laughs> I, I, started, I started a few different companies and uh, I had about an 80% success rate and took a couple of companies public, had a couple others acquired by uh, public companies, well, including BoxLot. And um, about five years ago, I decided to do one last thing and try to have it be the best thing that I did. And what I was looking for is a growing market where people were not being served well. Uh, usually my prior successes have not been because I'm really smart. It's been because I've, I've looked at markets that are already there, already growing, have a fervent audience, and there's a hole in that market. Like something is missing. The competitors have already proven out the market. But they're not delivering this one thing that all these fervent customers and clients want. And that's how I've been successful in the past, finding that one thing. And as I looked around at different industries, I found that one thing in my backyard in that now on social media, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Everybody thinks it's easy to do it. You know, we used to talk about doctors, lawyers, uh, the, the movie stars and athletes, and, and that's it. But now it's all about entrepreneurship and social media makes it look easy. But statistically, 94% of all multimillionaires and billionaires that are entrepreneurs went to Ivy League schools, uh, have advanced degrees. 60% of them have advanced degrees. They, they're insiders that know the game, they're taught the game, they're professors, have speed dials to everybody on Sil in Silicon Valley, and the rest are outsiders. They don't have a clue. The, the real entrepreneurs who are transitioning are people 30 to 55 years old. That's a sweet spot. They're already working in, in corporate America or in some career path and they don't enjoy it. They hate their lives and, uh, and they wanna get out and they wanna do something on their own. And they've had this idea of mulling around for weeks, months, even years and don't know how to execute. And there wasn't anybody taking those outsiders and bringing them in and making them insiders. And so that's, that's how I got to idea pros to really take the 95% of that audience that doesn't have a chance and bring them into the fold and, and give them all an insider chance. 
So if you think back about all of your successes that you've created billions of dollars in value, taking companies public, now you're working and coaching with entrepreneurs on how to do startup and, and go, go from outsider to insider, which I like that. What is the one key? If you look back at everything that you've been able to do that unlocked success, and I know there's a lot of pieces to this, but one key, what is that one key that unlocked it for Fred Carey? Information is the one key. The, the, you know, I'm going to give you a scenario to explain it better. Uh, if I called you up and I wanted you to coach my professional sports team, you started asking me, well, what sport is it? Well, I'm not sure. Uh, how many players do I get? I don't know. Well, who are the competitors and what are their strengths and weaknesses? I have no clue. And, and who's the audience, the spectators? How do we get them on our side? You know, how do we win the game? I don't know. If I told you that in the sports analogy, you'd go, this guy's out of his mind. And yet that's how we approach new business as mm. entrepreneurs. We don't really understand the, com the competitors. In fact, we want to claim there are no competitors. My idea is so original. I don't have any competitors. Uh, so we're clueless. <laughs> we, we don't know what the audience wants. We don't know what our customers really need. We haven't done surveys. We haven't created customer personas. We don't know whether the market's growing or imploding. We don't know if we have a place to, to play that we can take advantage of those competitors' weaknesses, just like you would in a sports team. And, and even though we're the David of the Goliaths, we're going to win anyway because we found their soft spot, their Achilles heel, mixing metaphors. Uh, we don't do any of that. So intelligence to me is the big thing. Know the game that you're playing. Know the team that you have. Know your opponents and how to beat them and go kick butt. So information. Um, I, I think we've heard, we've heard the stay, saying knowledge is power. But, but I also believe that that's an incomplete definition or incomplete statement because it's applied knowledge. Because just that, yeah. the fact that you know it's not going to really help you. It's, it's applying it, which is what I think you're saying. You're, you're implying that. Now, how do you, Fred, personally define that word success? Because everybody seems to look at it differently. What is your definition of success? Um, well, there's a couple of definitions. and I'll, I'll give you the fake one first and the real one second. You know, the, the fake one is to have a business that's just cranking out cash. Uh, you're buying your Lamborghini and, and your house wherever you want and diamonds for your, your, your wife or Rolexes for your husband. Um, but that's fleeting. There are a whole lot of people, millions of people that are in that uh, position and, uh, and they're miserable. People say it's better to be miserable with money than not, but they're miserable. So uh, my definition of success really is waking up in the morning, putting your feet down on the ground and smiling. That's it. Whatever you do, whatever your passion is, whatever your purpose is, when you, if you can start aligning those things that you really care about doing, where either you think you can make a difference in the world, your community, your customers, or even in yourself, if you can find what that is, and be doing that and be getting your bills paid and growing your business, doing something you love doing. To me, that's the true definition of success. Find what you're passionate about and find a way to turn that into a business that you're going to grow. Yeah. I, I like that a lot, Fred. I, I think, I think though that the nuance there that I hear I'm reading between the lines is that it's not just about just doing something you're passionate about, but it's something that where your passion, your purpose align 
which I think is really cool because I wrote that down as you were talking, the word passion and purpose aligns, waking up, smiling, pursuing that thing that makes a difference. I love, I love that. Now, as that, as a, as your definition of success, which I would agree with, do you consider yourself to be successful based on that definition? Boy, that's a good and hard question. Uh, not yet, not yet, because, um, really? That was a fast answer for a hard question, but uh, I'll tell you why not yet, <laughs> because I haven't really, I'm just now getting to, to the sweet spot of how I can help the outsider entrepreneurs really make it to be insiders, whatever degree of help they need, whether they need a little help, a little push, or whether they need a real co-founder uh, to roll up their sleeves and work with them every step of the way from the idea to executing a nationwide launch and support beyond. Um, and before that, up to now, we literally, we had 100,000 applications of people wanting to work with us, and we could only take 400 people out of 100,000. And 400 has been a nightmare because if you have a startup organization and you think about all the fires you have to go through almost every single day, certainly weekly, we have that times 400. Uh, and everybody's looking at Fred as daddy. And so it's been a very, very difficult, not very well scalable process. We've made 25 million bucks so far, but uh, we're, we were going to hit a ceiling very quickly on how much we could do as human beings doing all the heavy lifting. And so I've restructured what we do, as I told you, I think offline, uh, I didn't take any new partners over the last year, threw a bunch more of my money uh, into the company to help it survive while we restructured what we're doing. And now we're putting together a program that we just launched a couple of weeks ago to help people at any stage of this evolution into entrepreneurship. And now I'm going to be happy because now I can serve a whole lot more people in exactly what they need and not make them get all the other things that they don't need. So you've got some uh, <clears throat> free workshops that you do a couple times a month, and then you've also got uh, a course that you're going to be offering to listeners today that they can go on your Instagram channel and uh, and follow you. What do they, in order to get access to that free resource? What what do they need to do? All right, so there's two different places to go. One is on my Instagram, as you said. You go to official Fred Carey, C A R Y. Follow me. And then you'll see I have a link tree there. Click on it, and there's a course. It's courses on purpose-driven entrepreneurship. It's 15 modules. Um, I, I I did it, so I recommend it. But I recommend it anyway because it, it's non-scripted. It goes through every element you need to consider in being an entrepreneur, and I believe it's really going to help you, regardless of where you are on your journey. And if you find it, you click on it, go through the sign-up process. And then use the code go big, go big. It's zero dollars. Okay, you're going to get it for free. It's an average of around 500 bucks. You'll get it for free. And I think you'll learn a lot. Let me know if you have. Uh, the other thing is just go to ideapros.com and you'll see free membership. When you join up as a free member, we're going to send you newsletters every single week to give you different tips and advice. Uh, and a couple times a month, we have different two hour to three hour workshops on different subjects that we can get really, really deep into things that you really need to know about. Again, that's free as well. We have hundreds, well, almost 100,000 people that have signed up for that already. And I encourage you to do so all free, but all valuable. So I'm on your uh, site right now. 
So yeah, just go to his link or his Instagram, click on the, the link tree. And in the link tree, the top thing is the wealthy entrepreneur's guide to happiness. Right. And then when you get in there inside that, there's a spot for you to order that course and use the, use the, uh, the promo go big. And, uh, yeah, I see, I see that I'm doing it right now. I like this. I like this a lot. So what is it about happiness? That seems to be the thing that you, you're kind of, you titled this as the guide to happiness. Is that, does that tie in with your waking up and smiling definition of success? Yeah. You know, because success is different for everybody. And so for me to, to try to give you the seven things you need to do to be successful is bull. Uh, because it's different for every person. And so instead of telling you how to be successful, I want to tell you how success feels. And no matter whether you're a plumber, a doctor, a lawyer, uh, a, a entrepreneur that's building the next big technology, whatever you want, success in the end is all measured by one thing, and that's happiness. Uh, regardless of the path you, you, you go to get there, at the very end of that path is happiness. And so that's why I, I describe it in that sense, because that applies to all of us. Anybody out there want to so be what, miserable? No, nobody does. But it seems like we all we all end up there from time to time. Yeah. What do you, I don't normally ask this question, but since it's come up, what, what do you how do you define happiness? <sighs> to me, happiness is doing what you feel you were meant to do. And, and being able to have a good life doing that. It's different for everybody, right? Some people are meant to be doctors. Uh, some people are meant to be trades uh, people uh, because that's what they really feel they want to be doing. And you can be really happy doing any of those things. You don't have to be the next Elon Musk, who, by the way, a lot of times is not very happy at all. Uh, or you can, um, you can just do where you think the money is going to be the biggest and that's not going to achieve happiness for you. So to me, happiness starts on the inside and it, it goes to the outside when you align that the purpose that you have, the passion that you have for things and make that your career journey. So as we, as we kind of bring this conversation in for landing, I want to give you the opportunity to give some advice. I mean, you've been very successful in your career as an entrepreneur. You've, you've done some big things. You've achieved that, that level of success um, that you define as waking up and smiling, even though there's, there's still moments that you have to build on that. But if you had to take all of your experience and success and you had to look into the camera or speak straight to the listener of the show as an entrepreneur figuring out things, what is your one piece of advice that you would tell that entrepreneur to pay attention to in order to achieve success? And you're not allowed to talk about information because we already talked about that. So what's that other thing that you would say that they need to get to become successful? Um, you are whoever you are, wherever you are, you're experiencing imposter syndrome. Uh, we all do. Even after we've had two, three, ten successful companies, we don't feel that we really deserve it. We don't feel that we're doing things the right way. We don't feel that we're working hard enough and we don't feel that we're going to be fortunate enough to be successful with our next venture. I've been there. Everybody listening has been there. Many of us are still there. And be okay with, with knowing that, that those doubts are self-generated and they're mostly self-generated from people who are going to go on to be really successful. And so if you're feeling those things about yourself, it's you inside of you saying, Hey, get up and work harder, sleep less, 
I got up at 2.30 this morning after going to bed at 11 because I knew I had a lot of stuff to do. So that journey never ends. And you have to be able to look at yourself and say, you know what? What I'm going through is what everyone goes through. I saw Elon Musk crying about 2008 when he almost lost everything. He made so much money on PayPal. He put every single penny into SpaceX and into Tesla at the end of 2008 because they were both going to be shuttered. He was sleeping on his friend's couches, the richest man in the world, just 2008, not that long ago. And so everybody's been where you are today. Get up, smile, work harder today than you did yesterday and keep your eye on the ball. That's it. I, lo- I love that, Fred. And, 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 you know, that ties in directly with what we talked about at the beginning. It's those, those moments of failure and the dark night of the soul where we're facing what we believe to be the most, uh, the worst case scenario. It's usually almost never going to turn out the way you think that it is. I like that advice, man. Thank you for sharing that advice. And thank you for being here. I, I want to uh, remind everybody to go to ideapros.com, ideapros.com. Uh, you can follow uh, on Facebook at Idea Pros, Instagram. Go check him out there at Official Fred Carey, and that's C A R Y. Official Fred Carey. And when you drop him a line, I want you to tell him you heard him with me, JD, on the Root of All Success. And go check him out on YouTube, Idea Pros, there as well. Um, and remember, go to his Instagram. Go to that Entrepreneur's Guide to Happiness. Click on that, and when you go through the checkout process, just put in "Go Big." I just did it. Like, like while we were talking, I did it. No credit card required. You just put it in there and, uh, and you're going to get access to that. And it immediately open up, opens up that course, which is normally, uh, a lot more money than free. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Fred, I'm going to give you, 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 the final word today for our show. So whatever you would like to say, encouragement, direction, uh, you know, whatever you want to say, the final word on the show today is yours. Yeah. Hey, look, Everybody that's that's uh, listening, watching, uh, you're here for a reason, and and you're here to to get knowledge, to get support. Um, but hopefully, we can give you a little bit more than that, and that is understanding. Uh, the understanding that it's a really rough journey that you're going through. We feel isolated, we feel alone when we do it, but you're not. You know, there's communities out there. You can find a great community and Idea Pros. As I said, we have a hundred thousand members so far, and and growing fast. But there are communities in every neighborhood that you're in. There are entrepreneurial groups. There are CEO groups. There are uh, young business people groups. Go find people that just as crazy as you are so that you understand that you're not alone and you're on an amazing journey uh, to wishing you much, much success and happiness. Thanks to Fred Carey for being on the show today. It's been a great conversation. And I I think that one of the things that I'm going to take away from our conversation that we had today is this idea about happiness. It's that you set that you set the stage for what you what makes you happy, what where your purpose and your passion align and go achieve that. And then on the other side of things, the other big takeaway is that what you imagine to be the worst case scenario is not going to happen. But what you need to do is become comfortable with that. Com- become comfortable with the thing that you think is going to be so terrible that it's going to wash you out. I mean, think about the story he told about Elon Musk sleeping on his friend's couches, worried that he's going to lose everything. And, and today he's the richest man in the world. Not that many years hence. I think we need to have better perspective. And I think maybe that's the word of the day for this show is that 
It's about perspective. So a big thanks to Fred for being on the show. And a big thanks to you as a listener for taking the time to listen to these shows. I, I put a lot of energy and effort to get great guests like Fred on the show, and I love to bring their perspective. So thank you for listening to The Root of All Success. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you do that. And I'd love for you to leave a review. And I know every podcaster asks people to do that. The reason we ask is not just for self-satisfaction knowing people are listening, but it's because when you leave a review, the more reviews we get, the higher up in the listings we, sh we show up and there are more people can listen, which gets us the opportunity to make a bigger impact in people's lives. So please go check that out. And if you don't watch this on YouTube, uh, go check it out at youtube.com slash the real Jason Duncan. And there's a playlist called the root of all success that you can subscribe to. And while you're there too, of course, go look up idea pros because Fred's got some great stuff, great videos, high quality stuff there. So check that out. So thanks for tuning in. Please check in again next week when I talk with yet another very successful entrepreneur about his or her journey to success. Until then, as always, I am the real Jason Duncan and Jesus is King. Attention business owners. Attention business owners. Feeling burnout from running your business? Uncertain if you're nearing burnout? Take our free 10-question business burnout test at businessburnouttest.com to discover where you stand. With just 10 quick questions, you'll learn how to immediately begin making changes to regain freedom and success. Cut your daily operations time in half. Improve your quality of life and prepare your business for your future exit without losing revenue or profit. Visit businessburnouttest.com now and take the test. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.